We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is that guy right there. It's Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And today we are going to talk defense. And I know some people were getting ahead of themselves yesterday, grading <laughs> out the defense in the comments. Well, today we are grading out the defense. Uh, and so you guys can throw your your grades out there in the comments, and, and we would appreciate that. But uh, – we're going to start with our overall view of kind of where the defense is big picture. And I got to keep reminding myself, big picture, big picture, <laughs> uh, because I like to get into the nitty gritty a little too quickly. So, uh, Brian, this defense arguably, well, not arguably, has been the best part of this team so far. It's been the best part of this team for the last few years. And without this defense, I, I hate to speculate what the record would be for Notre Dame right now. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't mean it doesn't have its flaws. Uh, and we're going to kind of jump into that, but big picture, what does this defense mean to Notre Dame? You know, I've, I've, I've been, I've enjoyed watching this defense. I think that's one of the reasons why maybe I haven't been as critical of it that, that maybe as I need to be at times, just the nature of our job, you know, that's what we do is be critical because sure. I so enjoy watching this defense play. Uh, I enjoy watching these kids fly around. I love the aggressive nature of it. If you're going to, it's, I, I've always kind of felt if you're going to beat me, you're going to beat me because I, I, I'm, I'm going down. So, you know what I mean? I'm going to, because I'm giving you everything I got. I'm not going to yeah. sit back and let you, let you nickel and dime me. I'm coming at you. And if sure. you're better than me and you can make those plays, then, then good for you. All right. But <laughs> right. I, I enjoy it. I've watched, I've enjoyed watching this defense evolve and mature and get better is what good well-coached teams are supposed to do you know you get better each and every game and you don't necessarily need six weeks to show moderate improvement they got better almost immediately there's also some things this defense has to clean up right and and if it's going to get to the point where it can carry this team to the next level whether it be this season or next and I'm focusing on this season then it needs to be it needs to be better it needs to get back to being a more consistent defense that was the one thing that we saw this defense has been more disruptive than previous defenses in my opinion much much more so yeah but it has also been you know we've talked about giving up more big plays and it hasn't been quite as consistent within games i think those are areas those are all areas i need to see and you know like we'll get into specifics of like finishing right this defense needs to finish better yep. right there's been what now three games in the fourth quarter where this defense has given up late scores that have either allowed the other team to tie it, take a lead, or pull ahead like we saw in Virginia Tech. So there's a lot that needs to get cleaned up. But but that also, Vince, is kind of what has me really liking this defense because it's been pretty good, and it's still not anywhere close to being as good as it can be. And just like the offense, this staff needs to look at the midway point, say, hey, where have we been good? Where do we need to improve? And what are the things that we're, we need to kind of change or alter yeah. or adjust or whatever? So that way we can come out because here's the deal. It's a it's an opposite of the offense. Offensively, they're facing the the weak part of the schedule. 
Notre Dame's offense is facing the weak part of the schedule. There are no good defenses left on the schedule. I mean, the best one is Georgia Tech, who ranks 72nd in scoring right. defense. Right. The Notre Dame defense is facing the exact opposite scenario. They haven't played a lot of good offenses so far. They're about to get into the meat of the schedule where the talent of the, you know, even USC, whose, whose offense is overrated, but North. But look, they've got talent. Virginia can score. Yeah. I mean, there's teams, hey, yeah, there's, there's, they're, they're going to face better quarterbacks in the second half of the year. They're going to face better skill players, better just scoring units. It's just this is the the meat of the schedule. So you can't keep doing what you were doing with the offense that you have, and and expect to continue to win games by three points, right? You know, seven point. You know, going. You know, kind of pulling away in the four. You're going to be playing from behind the whole game if you continue to do these things. So both sides of the ball have a lot to clean up, and and the defense is certainly a lot further along, but it too also has certainly has areas where it must get better. No question. And there, we'll talk about some more big picture stuff as we move through. And we're talking about, I assume we're going to talk about strengths and concerns and things that, got, that have to change and things things of that nature. But um, you, you want to dive into some grades, Brian? Yeah, I, I, I want to get this this uh, super chat here from Patrick Barnes because this is going to kind of lead us into the defensive yeah. line uh, grades because that's where we're going to start, right? And and Patrick, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate that. And he said, yes, uh, did anybody else see Virginia Kurt Hines take the Virginia Tech running back with one arm and toss him in the backfield like a sack of potatoes? I I, I did, yeah. And and I enjoyed that. I I was, you know, for people that say you know the ACC crew was against Notre Dame, I just think it was a wasn't a good crew. That particular play, I believe, is the one where they initially threw a flag on him for horse collar, and Correct. they picked it up because they talked and realized, hey, that's not a penalty because of you know where where he was in the backfield. So I don't think they were anti Notre Dame; they just weren't a great crew, in my opinion. So no, no, they weren't. Uh, but yeah, but that leads us into the defensive line, Vince, because this unit has been the backbone of the Notre Dame football team so far, and has been the strength of this football team so far. So uh, let's kick things off with that group. And, and I yep. think that we'll dive into some individual players uh, here as we kind of go through it. But as a, as a whole, Vince, where would you rank the Notre Dame defensive line so far? Well, and you said that the, the defense has been the strength of this team. And I think the defensive line has been the strength of the defense. And so, you know, if you're talking about the best unit on the best side of the ball, this has to be a high grade. I mean, this is going to be the highest grade that I've given out for the entire team, and I think deservedly so. Uh, I gave them an A. It's just straight up. Not an A+. plus. You know, they're not perfect, but no, I don't know that I'll ever give out an A+. plus. Uh, you know, because – I mean, look, it's football. They you're going to make whole teams like nine points a game. And, right. right. It had like 25 sacks, you know, six games, something ridiculous like that, you know, but that's not the case. So, I, you know, look, look I, I'm still confident in my A because, number one, they're making plays, tackles for loss, et cetera. They're, they are getting to the quarterback. I, I would I would tell people to look at the hurries, you know, because I think that is really key to what this team is doing because they're putting pressure on opposing teams, opposing quarterbacks. They're so incredibly deep. They lost a captain in the middle of their defense for two games, and there was no drop-off, right? Because, you know, Kurt Heinisch goes out, and, and Kurt Heinisch is a good player, right? He's a sixth-year player. He's been starting since he was a freshman. Five-year player, excuse me. I thought he was back for a sixth. Okay, anyway, either way, he is, you know, he's a guy that they count on just from a leadership standpoint, too. And I thought, you know, Howard Cross and and, uh, and Heinisch, or I mean, um, Help me out here, Brian. Who am I missing uh, at the at his position? Uh, Howard Cross and Jacob Lacey. Thank you, Jacob Lacey. I thought they played really, really well in his absence. Uh, they stepped up, and I thought, and I think that the the depth overall at the defensive line position. You know, we said that it was going to be good. I think they've lived up to my expectations as to what they should be, and I think arguably, and I'm not saying this is my MVP, but arguably the best player on the defense is on the defensive line in Isaiah Foskey. So. Um, I said, and I think you could debate, you could, you could have a debate with, with, I could debate that with you with two other potential players, but (laughs) one of the other players is also, it's also on the defensive line. Absolutely. No question. (laughs) If you like, look, if we were in like a debate club and like, you don't get to really choose, you know, the side that you get to argue, I would be happy with either one of those three positions. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I've just been very impressed with the defensive line. And so that's why they get an A for me. So I went B plus because I, I, I think that when I look at it in its totality, 
there's been a lot. First of all, my expectations were very high. I actually thought about giving them a B, to be honest with you at first. Mm. My expectations were very high. I think the unit has been very good. Uh, we talk about a lot of tackles for loss. They did early. They did against Virginia Tech. They went through a three-game stretch where they didn't get much much um, disruption in the backfield from a finishing standpoint. And that's kind of been an issue for me the last three, four games, Vince. And even against Virginia Tech is we're still not seeing this defensive line finish at the ball enough. And so what we've seen is some teams have been able to find ways to keep the linebackers from flowing hard downhill against the run. We're seeing some some different things like that. And and we haven't seen a defense that's been as disruptive lately. Right. You know, th- uh, five against Purdue, three tackles for loss against Wisconsin, only two against Cincinnati, back up to eight against Virginia Tech, which was good. But honestly, they should have had like 13 against Virginia Tech when you mm-hmm. consider – they probably had seven or eight other opportunities for big for for tackles behind the line, and they just they didn't they didn't finish. You've seen some some costly mistakes at times. I think of Riley Mills shooting the wrong gap on the eighty nine yard touchdown run against Florida State. We've seen them losing contain. We saw them losing contain a little bit against Virginia Tech on Saturday. So and and, and like I said, the finishing part. So those three things keep me from really giving it an A. Because for me to give them an A, they have to be reaching their potential and 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 the expectations I had for them. Because as I said yesterday, I do grade on the curve. I think experience and expectation and overall talent should factor into the job that you're doing. And because of the fact of, like you said, all the talent, you've got Myron Tungvaloa doing a great job. You've got Isaiah Foskey doing a lot of good things. You have Kurt Heinisch when he's been in there. Has doing. I mean, so you I could list all the good players. So it hasn't been – no one's underachieving. It's just at times each different guy has had a miss where I, I expect them to have been better. So okay. I'm going to be picky on the offense. I'm going to be picky on the defense and, and I th- because I do think it can and should be better. And if they can start finishing on the ball better more than anything, that's going to be the big key for me. Well, you made a good point that you grade on a curve because your expectations were super high for this defensive line and they haven't met your expectations yet. And no. I and I I feel like that's why you're putting them at a BB plus because right. they haven't met your expectations. Yes, but they've totally been very good. I mean, which I totally very get. good. Yeah. yeah, without the D line playing the way that they're playing, Notre Dame's probably a three and three team right now. Yeah, no question. So you know, I, agree. it's not. That's kind of what I I, yeah. I do in these grades. I know I kind of focus on the things they're doing wrong, but they're also the reason they're getting a B plus is because they have been really good. And they go through stretches of just utter dominance. Yeah. And and that's been a fun thing to see. I mean, you lose a guy like Kurt Heinisch, who was great against Virginia Tech. He was playing really good before he got he went out. And other guys step in. Now, was Howard Cross as good as Kurt Heinisch? Was Jacob Lacey as good as Kurt Heinisch? No, not really. But were they really good? Yeah, they yeah, were. Yeah, they, they they stepped up and did yeah. more than I thought that they would, which yeah. which is if you're talking about grading on the curve, they met and exceeded my yeah. expectations. Yeah, with Howard Cross good. especially. Yeah. You know, I think Riley Mills is starting to really come along. You know, he had sure. a, a rough start first couple games. He, he was uh, honestly disappointing, but he kept at it. And here's the thing, too. The staff stuck with him. You know, it, when you have the talent behind him like Gabriel Rubio, or it would be easy to move Howard Cross over there or Jacob Lacey over there. They stuck with him because he's a young guy. And by game three, he was starting to play better and better and better. And then he's just gotten better and better and better all year. So I like what Riley's doing. Jason Adamiola's been playing really well. Justin Adamiola's had a, a, a good start. He's had a couple, you know, plays here and there where it's like, you know, man, I need, I need you to, I need you to make that play. Yeah. But then again, it's like, was that really his responsibility or was that the call? So, and then the other part is the the, the big end position, the second big end position. You know, Myron's been very good, but I need to see him finish on the ball a little bit more. But the second big end position hasn't been as productive as some of the other backup positions too. And and part of that we ha- because we haven't seen Jordan Patejo really make much of he hasn't made any kind of difference on defense so far. No, I agree. And and that's forced Justin Adamiola to stay at the at the Viper instead of moving back to big end. We are, however, I am encouraged to, for the second half though in this regard because I really like what I've seen from Alexander Aaronsberger the last two games. He's done some really nice things, and and he's just a pup. I mean, redshirt freshman oh, yeah. from Germany. I mean, who's who's never really played meaningful snaps, but just like in the couple times he got on the field last year, when he gets on the field, he just he's kind of around the ball. Yeah, he makes plays. You know? Yeah. 
And, you know, he had that big, uh, you know, Foskey had the strip sack against Cincinnati. But if you go back and watch, Ritter was trying to throw the ball, but Alexander Aaronsberg got in his face and kept him from throwing the ball. Then that's when Foskey came in. So that's kind of a part two is I want to see more of that. Sure. I want to see more of that team defense where, right. you know, where one guy's disrupting him and he's got quarterbacks got to move and the next guy's hitting them. We're not seeing that. We're seeing yeah. the pressure, but then the quarterbacks are stepping They're not in finishing. Out of that They're not finishing, and that's yeah. the biggest thing. You and I talked about that, actually, after the Virginia Tech game. It's just mm-hmm. they're getting there. They're yeah. there. They're just not finishing, and if right. they finish, that's like the last hurdle for me yes. with this defensive line is they have to finish in the backfield um, and not let the, the quarterback escape yeah. or get back to the line of scrimmage even. Yeah, because yeah. if you look at where, the, where, where, they've, where they've had some issues with contain this year, it's been the three times they've played mobile quarterbacks. Sure. You have Florida State, Toledo, and now Virginia Tech. And those are the games where they, they kind of got hurt a little bit. And so those are things that I need to see from this defense. And those are also the three games that teams have gone over 100, 100 rushing yards against Notre Dame. So, again, I, I need to see that part, too. And, and it, when you look at their second-half schedule, there's not a lot of that. You know, USC's quarterback's not mobile. Uh, Sam Howe can, can move around a little bit. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, how they handle Jeff Sims how, from Georgia Tech. How are they going to handle Brendan Armstrong from Virginia? Guys can make plays with their legs. You know, the, the North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia Tech stretch, that's three or four games. That's going to tell us a lot about where this defensive line is going to. But, again, they've been very, very good. There's no question about it. Uh, the running backs in the defensive line have been, without question in my opinion, the two best parts of this football team so far this season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So let's go linebackers, Vince. Okay. Um, I okay. think this is an area where you and I might have a little bit of a difference of opinion based on your grade. So I have no doubt that we're going to have give a difference Give me your of grade opinion. and tell me, yeah. tell me why you're, you're so high on this group. Well, I'm high on this group because, again, if we're, if we're grading on a curve, right, uh, I had my expectations for this group, especially after the injuries uh, that they incurred during fall practice, was very low. Uh, I was not anticipating uh, a lot of success from this group, and I have been pleasantly surprised with this group. Now, I, you know, we've said it a million times. J.D. Bertrand has has stepped up and played really, really well. Of course, he stood out to us in, in fall camp, but I thought it was going to be in a reserve role, right? And and it was like, okay, he's going to be great as a backup, you know, Jordan Battelle. I mean. Um, Maris Lufau, uh, I thought, he, you know, everybody thought he was going to be the guy and blah, 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 blah. And then he gets hurt. And so my expectations dropped a little bit. And then Drew White, I thought, and we discussed why, you know, in the past, but I, I was, I've been very pleasantly surprised with, with the way that he has played this year, because he's not, he's no longer worried about the guys around him. He's just worried about doing his job, uh, which I like. And he's just, he has stepped up. The the rover position, which I think we have to include in this linebacker spot here, has been quiet, 
but at the same time, that doesn't mean that it's bad in any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Jack Kaiser has done fine. He, he, we haven't been like, wow, Jack Kaiser really played a poor game. You know what I mean? It's been it's been kind of a quiet season for him, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. He's just not Jeremiah Usukoromoa. You know what I mean? And so I don't think we can hold that against him. I think he's doing his job, and I think that's important to understand too. So if I'm grading on a curve – my issue with the linebackers is at times they've gotten lost in pass coverage, right? And that's where I started to knock them down was because at at times they've been really good in pass coverage, but at times they get lost in pass coverage. And that's my biggest issue. Against the run game, I've been very happy with the linebackers, very happy. Um, and I think a lot of that goes to the defensive line and what they're able to do, not allowing linemen to get up to the linebackers, letting them flow. The way that J.D. and Drew fire through gaps and get into the backfield and get to ball carriers sideline to sideline has been amazing. It's been great to watch. We haven't seen that in a couple of years from Notre Dame, and I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying watching these linebackers play. Um, as I'm talking myself through it, I'm thinking to myself, maybe it's a little high, but you know what? I'm sticking to my guns, and I gave him a B. Show started. Once the show I know, starts, I gave him a B. You, got it, you got a roll. I gave him a B. I like <laughs> I said, there's room for improvement. There's no way I'm obviously going with an A. Uh, it's the pass coverage that brought it down to a B for me. I was kind of in the B plus area, and I was like, well, wait a minute, they've missed on on some passes, so I was kind of B plus, B minus B. I, I'm I'm grading them on a curve like you did for the defensive line, and they have exceeded my expectations. So that's why I went from a B minus to a B. That's where I'm sticking. I went C plus, and and the reason for that is is when I look at this unit, I see a unit that's done all the things that you've said that they've done. I I, I guess part of it was my expectations weren't as low as yours were uh, for this group because of like you said of what JD Bertrand showed during the fall. Now. If Maris was playing, would they be better? Sure, it'd be better. But that's the reality. I mean, he's not there. So we got a grade on what yeah. they are. You talk, I'll start with Rover. I don't think the Rovers have made a lot of mistakes, but I, I, I and I'm not asking them to be Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, but they need more production than what we've seen for me to be able to say, yeah, they're, they're doing their job and they're doing the things that they need to do. Uh, you know, when, when I look at the total numbers, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it here. Isaiah Pryor's got one tackle for loss. Jack Kaiser has zero tackles for loss. That surprises one, me, though. One too. combined tackle for loss from the two Rovers. Yeah, uh, is is okay. It's not. I mean, again, have they had a ton of opportunities? Not really, but they they need to be better. You know, there was a play they ran a jet sweep and Jack Kaiser got sealed inside. And you know, there's been some times when Isaiah Pryor wasn't where he needed to be. And there's been a lot of times when they they're not on the field too. You know, true, in true. certain situations, so it's not like Jeremiah where he was on the field all three downs. Like it's, right. they're playing, they're playing the position differently, right? But there still needs to be, to me, more opportunities for production from that group. And you know, they've made a lot of tackles. You know, forty-two tackles through six games. That means the rover positions is on is on pace for over eighty tackles this year. So that's good. But there just hasn't been a lot of disruption outside of a, a, a huge play, which was Jack Kaiser stepping in front of that pass to basically put that Wisconsin game away. I mean, that's a huge play. Yeah, no doubt. I just kind of feel like I thought we'd see more of that. Not pick sixes, but just more disruption. Sure. You know, from that group. We haven't seen a lot of tip balls. We haven't seen sacks. You know, we've seen them flying around, but I just feel like that group's got to be better. I thought Drew White started the season a little slow. He's really coming on lately. Bo Bauer has been pretty much, I mean, just a body at Mike so far this year in a lot of instances. His pass coverage leads a lot to be desired. Uh, I think that that J.D. Bertrand has been excellent against the run. He's had some issues in the pass game, and and those things to me have to balance itself out. And you know, we had a super chat from Bill Kostra where he says, "Is this defensive unit good enough to cover any gaps and just let Isaiah Foskey attack and wreak havoc?" You know, to me, Bill, that's kind of I waited to bring this up during the linebacker conversation because that's a that's a big question for me. And and when I look at this linebacking core, I say, are, are are they comfortable enough with these linebackers to turn Foskey in the front loose a little bit more, knowing they have linebackers to can can handle that contain? Because against Virginia Tech, and against Florida State, and against Toledo, we didn't see that. Yeah. And when you combine that with the the Cincinnati game, where the linebackers really got smoked in coverage, I mean, yeah, JD had a rough game. Bo Bauer had a just awful drop. Uh, that's why I got to say, look, they, they need to be better, and they can be better. There have been stretches when they've been really good. 
but they need to be better. Now, for me, it's getting Drew White to continue doing what he's doing. Because if Drew White had played all six games like he's played the last, I say, three, yeah, my grade just with him and the way he's played goes up. I mean, he's he's been pretty darn good this year. He had a couple bad fits on that first touchdown drive, but, I mean, that's, that, that's going to happen. Uh, but, man, he was really good, I thought, against Virginia Tech. I thought he was really good against Cincinnati. I thought he was really good against – he was great against Wisconsin, I thought. So he's coming along. JD was up and down and then kind of, you know, played well against Virginia Tech. Expect, I mean, it's what you're going to see from a first-year player, the guy that's never really played meaningful snaps. Right. Now he's got that experience under his belt. Now my expectations is the second half, you clean up some of those mistakes that you're making while continuing to be as disruptive as he's been because he's made a lot of plays. So that's kind of where I'm at, Vince. I just need to see a little bit more disruptive production from that, from the defensive, from the linebackers. You know, when I look at tackles for loss, you know, J.D. Bertrand is, is second on the defense with five. But after that, Drew White's got two, and Isaiah Pryor has one. That's it. So, you know, we're, we're, we're six games through the season, and the linebackers have eight tackles for loss. It's not great. Right. As, a, as a unit, they're barely on pace to get, you know, they're not sniffing 20, right? And even if you took Jeremiah Wusukoromo away last year, the the the, the – Tackle for loss production from the linebackers was was a, to me about on par or better than that. Now you add in that rover position, and, and to me, so you know, what I mean? that's kind of where I'm like, you know, I just I need to see more from okay. the unit in the second half of the season. But the, uh, the potential's there. Is just clean up some of the mistakes is really the thing for me. And um, the, I, I think they also do. I, I would like to see them kind of be more, be a little bit more flexible with how they line up in their nickel package. I don't. I don't see the value that Bo Bauer brings them on third down. I, I just and they've been married to that for two years. And I don't get it. Uh, I just. I think there's a lot of things Bo Bauer can do well. I don't think that's one of them, in my opinion. Is a third, yeah. unless they're just going to turn him loose and let him rush, but they don't. They they have him do all types of things, you know. And when he's been able to rush, he's had a couple of nice plays. He had a he had a pass break up against was it Toledo. It was against Toledo, right? I think so. We had a nice pass rush up the middle, got in the quarterback's face, got his hands up, broke up a pass. He's got an interception on the season. Uh, who who was I'm trying to remember who that was against? Um, who who did Bo have his interception against? I, I know he's had an interception. Well, he had an interception in the two point conversion. That's what it was. It, That's Virginia what it Tech. Was. Yeah. That's what it was. So I mean, that was good. That was a good play. They threw it right but, to him, but yeah, still, but he I mean, he still had to make the play. Two point conversion. You know, you What's can that? kind of not get depth oh, yeah. and be good in the two point conversion. Right. Absolutely. But he's not getting depth when he's being asked to drop in the cover. So he I caught it on the goal line. I mean, yeah. it, it, he, that's what <laughs> so, I'm. Yes. He didn't get any depth whatsoever. Right. He, caught, he caught it from his right. position. I mean, that's, and that's been an issue when he's when he's being asking to drop a coverage. He's not. He's not. And then you say, well, he's yeah. being used as spy. Well, then where is he when the quarterbacks take right. off and run? Because I haven't seen him doing that either. Right. So I think they need to readjust how they use Bo. I think Bo brings value to this defense, no question. But I don't know if it's how they're using him right now. Yeah. And and then they need to find a way to, you know, give JD just a just a series or two here and there, you know, a little bit of a breather, however that's gonna be. Uh, I think that would be something that I would like to see a little bit too. But uh yeah, so that's that's where I'm at with the linebackers, Vince. So you wanted to do the secondary into two positions, correct? I did, yeah. Okay. Mix them up a little bit, just yeah, kind of well, because I think I think that we could easily make an argument that you know uh, they need to be graded separately, you know, just yeah. with the with the way that they've played. So yeah, absolutely. All right, you know so let's be, let's begin with the cornerbacks. Corners, Vince. okay. So give me your grade, what and what you've seen from that unit so far this season. So you know. I, again, I'm the, the self-proclaimed president of the Cam Hart Fan Association, right? Um, I, I I love what Cam Hart brings to the table. If it was just him, this is a high grade. Uh, I thought he's played very, very well. Yes, he has missed tackles. He missed that that big tackle, you know, uh, on the third down. He missed the tackle on the goal line. I get it. I, I totally get it. And uh, he needs to make those plays. That that that's just, that's young kid plays that he has to make. And he's a first year starter. But other than that, there's a reason his number doesn't get called very often because teams are looking away from number five and he's playing the field and they're looking away from him. So uh, I think that has to be taken into account. But there are other corners that are involved. And, you know, the corners that have gotten playing time thus far, you've got Clarence Lewis, you've got Tariq Bracey, and you've got, to a degree, Ramon Henderson. And there is something to be 
the three of those guys, I'll take even Ramon Henderson out of it because when he made his big mistake, they took him out and he hasn't really seen the field since. Um, but Tariq Bracey and uh, Ramon, I mean, excuse me, Tariq Bracey and Clarence Lewis, they're getting picked on because mm-hmm. nobody wants to pick on Cam Hart. And when they're getting picked on, they're not living up to where I would like to see them, right? I, had, I, was, I was high on Clarence Lewis coming in. Um, you know, we were hoping that Tariq Bracey was going to have a bounce back here. And I'm not saying everything that they've done is bad. I'm not saying that at all. But when big plays happen, it's either 28 or 6. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's 6, um, which, which is not good. You need two corners, two top-level corners, if you want to be successful. Uh, and they don't have that right now. They're playing okay. They're not playing great. Cam Hart's playing great overall. Um, and so, but you have to take into account those other guys. So, uh, for me, this is the first time I drop into the C category. I'm giving them a C plus because I think that you know the play of the other two brings them down. But Cam Hart is playing, I think, better than most people probably anticipated that he would play. Uh, so he has to bring that grade up a little bit. So I, I'm giving this group a C plus. That's where I'm at with the corners. Yeah, I know you were kind of battling back and forth between B minus and C. I was, yeah. That's where I'm at. I, I think I thought the corners played pretty darn well the first couple games of the year, um, with the exception of a couple silly holding penalties that that yeah. were unnecessary. Agreed. I thought that overall they played well early. I, as you said, the last three games they're picking on those other corners a lot and. I, I honestly feel like my grade might have jumped to a B plus if Cam Hart makes that tackle against Virginia Tech. And I know that one play, but like that one play led to other things yeah. in the cornerback position in that game. Yeah. You know, and you're you're up you're up 14, 13 right then. You know, you get a stop. Who knows what your offense can do with it? You know, but instead the offense, next time the offense gets back on the field, you know, so the offense scores to go up 14 10 and against Virginia Tech. They didn't get back on the field again until Virginia Tech had put together two um field goal drive so they got three and three to go up 16 14 so it had been a while since the offense had been on the field and that's because the defense missed opportunities on both drives and the corners were a big part of that so i mean i i gotta look at that you know i look at cincinnati and and you know clarence lewis got absolutely worked by alec pierce in the one loss of the season you know he had some he had some issues against wisconsin who does not throw the ball well you know, Tariq Bracey's been just kind of solid all year. Yeah, he's just been kind of there. He yeah. You know, he, he he hasn't gotten, like, burned, but he hasn't made a ton of plays until he stepped in front of that one pass. I mean, that was a huge play was, in that game. because It was a huge play in that game. Nothing in the second and he, half. Yeah, and he was not having a great game at that point. Mm-mm. But, Mm-mm. you know, a big play like that can turn yeah. things around, no doubt. Right. And, and so, you know, and, and if he doesn't make that play, my grade might be lower. Yeah, that's true. who knows what – because, look, remember – Notre Dame's only score the second half prior to Jack Cohn going back in the in the game was on Tariq Bracey's interception. He gave him a 29-yard field, and and that's huge. I mean, when your offense is scuffling, that's something the defense has to do, and that's yeah. that's what you do. That's what a great defense is supposed to do. So, I settled on a C plus. I thought they were a B unit early in the year to B plus ish. They've been like a C minus group the last few games as a whole and so that's why i settled on c plus i think the potential is there for them to take another step forward me too but they're gonna also have to figure out some things because i i i don't ramon henderson's just to me not getting it done and the other two guys haven't been good enough to to say hey you know do we want to at least consider getting a a a, a ryan barnes philip riley philip riley yeah somehow involved in this thing right I, I, especially you know, against a team like USC, right? That there's going to be wide receivers all over the field. You know well, what I mean? Next couple opponents are going yeah. to be that way. Yeah. North Carolina is going to be that way as well. So that's why I'm at C plus for the corners. I think we're on the we're we're on the same page there. Uh, P Money official has a super chat that's relevant to this conversation. Appreciate that. He said, "I don't think Clarence Lewis should be starting at a school like Notre Dame. His footwork is too slow, and he's just too slow for a DB. I would disagree with that. I don't think he's too slow for a DB. I don't think Clarence Lewis is slow. I don't think he's fast enough to be a top-level corner. I think he's got the body and the game of a safety. And I think as a safety, his speed would be just fine because of how he would be used. Yeah, and we've I talked about yeah. that in the future potentially being a move that they could make because of yeah. the depth at corner. The problem is, is you've got a bunch of field corners. That's right. the problem because they right. think Cam Hart's a better field corner. Now, 
I would strongly consider moving Cam back to the boundary for the second half of the season because he is your best corner. And the rest of your DBs aren't playing the boundary well. And, and that's what happened in Cincinnati. I mean, your boundary corner has to be a guy that could go one-on-one. And they tried that against Cincinnati, and Alec Pierce worked Clarence. Uh, but I think Clarence is a good football player. Let's not forget, too, Clarence is just a sophomore. And, and, and you know, he played about half the year last year. So, to me, he's still learning. I, I, do, I don't think he has great cover one footwork. I do. That's where I do agree with Piedmont. He's not a – to me, he's not a cover corner. I think if, if in Clark Lee's defense, he'd be better because he'd be playing a lot more zone. In Marcus Freeman's defense, that's not what Marcus Freeman's defense does. Now, that's going to be up to Coach Freeman to figure out ways to say, okay, well, if we're going to keep rolling Clarence out there, then we need to make sure we're doing things with him to the field or boundary, wherever he is, that are going to protect him a little bit. You can't ask Clarence Lewis. To, you you can't get mad at Clarence Lewis for going out there and getting beat by guys that he shouldn't be playing in man coverage. Right, right. right. I mean, you're putting him in a position to not be successful. Right. So they're going to have to either consider moving him and Tariq back to the field, because you know, Tariq is playing the field. But they're going to have to consider moving Clarence back to the field, doing more things to then protect him with the rover and that safety, and then letting Clarence be more of a or getting Cam Hart back to the boundary. They're going to have to consider that. Uh, yes, I know Kit Camps played great at the field, but you're getting really exposed in the boundary, and that makes me a little nervous heading into the second half of the season. Sure, against some yeah. teams that can throw the ball pretty yep. effectively. That's what they do. I mean, that's, right. yeah, that's their right. offense. Three of your next four opponents are really good at throwing the football, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing Stanford does well. Stanford's got really good Crazy. big receivers, and Tanner McKee is a really good passer. You know, he can throw. Now he can't move at all, so that's where the pass rush is going to be important. But you know, they've got big receivers. And um, they're gonna they're gonna have to figure that out. So they're they're gonna have to come up with some answers. P money, I appreciate that uh, that super chat. But I, I agree with part of what you're saying. I just don't d- agree with the the, conc- the overall conclusion about him being not a DB. I just don't think he's a fit at corner, which we have talked about that. We yeah. have, and, and and look, I'll be honest. With you, some of the sources I have at you know around the program have said to me that's what they're hoping he can eventually be is a is a safety. You have to understand right now, because of past recruiting woes, they they can't really afford to move him right now because you, you know Ramon Henderson's not that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, now, obviously, uh, Coach Mickens brought in a really good freshman class. They're freshmen. Uh, Ch- JoJo's hurt. I think Chance Tucker's hurt. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I noticed he's been in street clothes the last couple home games. So I think he's hurt. I could be wrong on that, but I think he's hurt. And then, of course, you know, for whatever reason, they don't think Ryan and Phillip are ready yet. But I, I think they – now, Phillip's played some special teams. We have seen him on special teams. So he's at least doing some of that. Sure. So I would strongly consider that. But but that's also why they recruited so many corners in the 2022 class, the Benjamin Morrison, Devin Moore, Jaden Mickey, Jaden Bellamy class, because they're hoping that by 2022 with that freshman class, which flat out has some dudes that can play as freshmen. I mean, Morrison – Mickey and Moore can all play as freshmen. At right, game, in my right. They're going to have huge depth. Yes. Oh, yes. Huge depth. And then Cam Hart's back. Uh, you, you'll have, you know, Henry, Ramon will be a, a year older, but then Phillip and Ryan Barnes will be a year older. JoJo will be back, assuming he's still on defense because they're so thin at receiver, they may have no choice but to move him there. And then Chance Tucker will have a full year in the weight room. Between all those guys, I think you're going to be okay at corner. And that's when you can consider moving – because there's the safety depth chart is going to look a lot different in my opinion next year. Because because uh, Kyle's going to be gone, you're going to have to see some guys get moved there. No, even if they do get Xavier Nwangpa, they're going to have to move some guys there. And to me, Clarence Lewis is a guy that could go there and start and be a good football player. So, and that Vince transitions perfectly to our <laughs> safety breakdown. Yes, it does. Uh, give me your grade, please, sir, kind sir, and tell me why you are there. Well, you know, it's funny uh, in the chat and such, we we a lot of times see, oh, where's Kyle Hamilton? How come he's not making plays and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, because he's so good, they're not going anywhere near him. He's taking away, you know, they have him lined up man to man at times. They have him lined up as center field at times. They have him lined up closer to the line of scrimmage at times. They're moving him all over the place, which is what we talked about in the summer that we wanted to see from Kyle Hamilton, move him around, make him 
make offenses know where he is at all times, and they are doing that. The problem for me is that a lot of times the second safety, whether that's DJ Brown, whether that's Houston Griffith, uh, sometimes they're not making the plays that need to be made when they need to make those plays. Um, and that was the big thing that we talked about going into the season is that if you need that second safety to play at their best in order for Kyle Hamilton to play at his best, right? And look, the 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 flat out miss by Kyle Hamilton on that touchdown pass against Cincinnati, uh, it was bad, right? I mean, he he got turned around. The one the one knock I will have on Kyle Hamilton is when he's in man coverage, he doesn't look back to the ball at all. Uh, and I've noticed that a few different times when I've seen he he immediately turns his back to the quarterback and then just watches the receiver, which is fine, but you got to get your head around. And he doesn't get his head around fast enough. And that's what hurt him on that touchdown pass because he played it as if the ball was going to be out in front of the receiver, which it should have been. It was an underthrown ball, and I'm sorry, that wasn't on purpose, I don't think. Uh, and the receiver made a really good job of adjusting to the ball, and it made Kyle Hamilton look silly. I mean, it, it flat out. Um, but other than that, I think Kyle Hamilton has done a pretty darn good job. Um, and my issue with the safeties is that I don't think the second safety has lived up to the billing. Uh, they haven't done what I think that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got Kyle Hamilton up here. You've got the other safeties here. So you've got to kind of find a happy medium when you're giving them a grade. And so I'm going to give them a B, just a solid B right down Broadway B. Um, I think that there's room to improve. I think that or I've seen flashes of really good things from Houston. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen him get blocked when he doesn't need to get blocked. I've seen him come up late in run support when that doesn't need to be the case. And I've also seen him fight through blocks. I've seen him come up in and, and, and great run support. So it gives me you know, positive thoughts that things can go in a better direction with that second safety. I'm not going to knock Kyle Hamilton. Of course, he's made some mistakes. Every player is going to make mistakes. But he's playing at an All-American level. And that's what you want from... You're all American. So uh, I just need better play from the second safety. Mm-hmm. So B for me. I mean, I could pick apart a couple of the mistakes that Kyle's made. He didn't play great against Toledo, and but every, every player is going to get beat from time to time. I think Kyle's been great. He, he's been a, he's been excellent. But to your point, I think he's been he, – they're, they're being forced to use him to protect the other secondary players more than they need to. Agreed. And I think that's keeping them from using him as a weapon because we've even seen that in games where they have brought him on pressures. They end up throwing right behind him to and somebody else gets beat. And that's that's problematic. You know, when you look at Houston, I thought Houston got off to a really good start this season. I thought he was really good the first probably two, three games of the year. And he had that one big mistake against Florida State where he got beat. Technique faltered him, got smoked. But other than that, I thought he had a really good start to the season. He's been less aggressive the last few games, and that's cost him. Now he had a big ta- game, you know, kind of a not game saving, but you know, four save four points in a game you won by three. He saved four points, right, by making that tackle at the two yard line. Then the defense has the goal line stand to get the ball back, uh, down ten nothing instead of fourteen nothing. But he he is he has been slow to get off the hash the last couple games in, in in coverage, which is leaving your corners more exposed, and he's getting he's running into blocks in yeah. the alley. The last couple games, right? And he's got to be better than that. He is better than that. We've seen him be better than that. So he's going to have to get back on track. DJ Brown had a really nice game against Purdue. Really nice game, and we haven't really seen him do anything since. You know, so so, and he had some issue, couple issues early in the season too. And then, of course, I mean, you don't really have a fourth safety, um, right? And they haven't played a fourth safety for a reason. I yeah, mean, they, they, right. just they don't have one. They yeah. don't have one. So that's a little bit concerning for me. I just I, – I went I went B on this because I gave Kyle Hamilton an A. Right. Uh, I gave Houston a C-plus and DJ a C, and you yeah. add them all together, it's B Yeah. Uh, yep. as a unit. So, I mean, you've got the best safety in the country. It's doing a really good job, making a lot of plays. Your other guys have to be better, and they can be better. And so if they could play – like if you not take like not even taking what I think they can do. If you just take Houston and DJ when they've been when when they've played well in this season, they've shown they can do certain things. If you just take that level of play and make it a consistent thing, mm-hmm. then this defensive performance is much better. 
Yeah, that's safety. Absolutely. The grade yeah. is much better at safety. So, yeah, I'm going B. I'm going B there, Vince. I like it. We were, we, 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 it, was, it was a B. I B. went B. I, I had two written down, and I was like, eh, B. Uh, I had BB plus written down, and I decided to stick with a B just because, as of late, the mm-hmm. safeties haven't been doing as well as they did. The, the second safety hasn't been doing as right. well as they did at the beginning right. of the season. So, I would not be shocked at all. So just so people understand, my understanding, talking to a couple different sources, is that Xavier Watts has actually spent the last two to three weeks playing safety, not mm. not rover. Mm. So I would not be at all shocked if we see something with him soon. After the two weeks, especially. Yeah, yeah that's a really and, good point. Because they need a fourth safety. You do. You and, need a and, fourth one. And they need a guy that can run. Yeah. And and DJ and Houston are, are good football players, but they're not they're not rangy guys with you know that, that are gonna cover. Uh, Xavier hat can run. He can run. And he's we've seen it on special teams. He can tackle right. in space too. Right. And we saw it when he dominated in high school, and we saw it whenever they gave him an opportunity at receiver. What you know, but they're just yeah. not get whatever reason. But I have been told that the staff has re- the defensive staff loves how he plays. I've been told that he makes do. he's makes a ton of plays in practice, like interceptions, breakups. Like he's just all over the place. It's just. You know, when you're kind of okay, we got to get ready. Is this the week we really want to throw him in into the fire? Right, Wisconsin, right. Cincinnati, at Virginia Tech. You know, well, you're heading home now. I mean, right. You got two games in a row, night right. games against teams that yeah. want to throw the football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, th- they got three left at home, like in a row at home right now, don't they? Uh, don't they have? A, is Navy a road game? I thought Navy was home as well. No, Navy's a home game. Okay, so you I got three straight home games coming up. And that's kind of to me. That's your chance to kind of say, okay, let's let's get him rolling. Let's get Xavier rolling and, and find a home for him. So I, I'm curious to see if there are any changes in the secondary the second half of the season. And, and I think that at corner and safety, there's a couple young guys that they need to say, okay, let's let's try to activate this kid, get him rolling, see how he handles practice, you know, and then and then throw him in there. So I, I'm in no way surprised that. Xavier Watts is making plays in practice. No, in, in any He's way, just a football player. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that they didn't see that on offense is something I don't want to discuss right now. I was going to, <laughs> no. but it's just going to send me on a tangent, and we're not going to get to the rest of the show because you got to leave in 13 minutes. Um, so I'm not going to go there. Okay, but so let's talk, Vince. Let's talk about the defense as a whole. Let's talk about yeah. the second half of the season. <clears throat> and, you know, we we've kind of ex- we've kind of addressed a lot of the strengths and weaknesses of this unit so far. Strengths. Defensive line is, is no great. doubt they got to they've got to do a better job finishing. They, there are things that the yeah. staff can do to enhance that. Those are one of the things you got to think about as a staff. Where are you going to save Vince? No, I was just going to say pressure. They've been really good at pressure. They've been disruptive. It's, they've right. been disruptive. They've gotten quarterbacks into hurry mode. They've, they've mm-hmm. been able to do those things. It's just, you're right, it's the, it's the F word. you got to finish. I mean, right. that, that's the biggest thing. They have to finish those plays to take that next step. I think some things that we see, they've got individuals, they get some really good individual players on defense. And they need to build around that more effectively, even more effectively. They have they have some areas on the second level and third level where they either need to be more productive of the guys who are playing that need to keep playing the rovers. I'm not saying find a new rover. I like the kids there. I like yeah. Jack Pizer a lot. I like I like prior. What can you do to get Jack Kaiser more engaged? What can you do to get Pryor more involved? You know, what can you do uh, to better utilize Bo Bauer? Those are things I want to see. Uh, secondary wise, they need to consider some personnel changes. At least giving some other guys at least an opportunity to to see what they can do. Schematically, Vince, I think there's some things we need to see differently. And the biggest one for me is we need a different Isaiah Foskey plan. Now, here's the thing: I do not think that Notre Dame should just come out and line up as a four down with Foskey as the Viper every snap. Right. I, I think that's limiting to him. And I do think there are some interesting things you can do with moving him around. What he should never, ever, ever do again is drop into coverage or drop it, especially dropping into coverage as a linebacker. Right. Now, if you want to drop him into coverage on a zone fire where he's going to take the hook curl or the flat, like, like DNs do cool with that. But if you're going to ask him to run up the seam with Leonard Taylor or any other tight end worth a darn, that's not an Isaiah Foskey problem. That's a you problem as a coaching staff. Um, I understand why they do it. That's what Coach Freeman wants to be, and he's recruiting players that can do that. 
but that's not Isaiah Foskey's game. Now, do, am I against putting Isaiah Foskey on the second level? No, because we've seen him do some really interesting things. So here's a perfect example of a play early against Virginia Tech I would encourage you to go watch. They had Isaiah Foskey in this kind of as an overhang, like in the slot, splitting the difference between, you know, he was in the boundary net. Jason Adamiola bumped out as a five technique. Right at the snap, they kind of walked Isaiah down, and Adamiola went up, and Foskey slanted in right to the ball and, and bounced it out, and they just make – they eat it up. Jason does a great job of setting the edge, just blows up the tackle, and they eat it up. I'm like, that's what I want to see. We've seen times against the run where Foskey's been a, as a Will Vince, and he just comes out and just blasts the guard. Cool with that. I would like to see them move him over the guard at times in, in some situations, sure. situations, you know, where – if teams are going to be getting the ball out quick over the middle, then have six five long arm right. Isaiah coming right up at the guard and getting those arms up like they did with Adi Ogundiji at times last sure. year. Sure, I'd like to see times where they maybe go to an odd front and they stack him strong side. You know where you got him and Myron Tungavaloa side by side. So I think you can do some things with him, but if if he's not at the snap flying somewhere downhill, right then you're, you're wasting him. I just can't see him as a straight-up linebacker where he's dropping into yeah. coverages no. and doing those or, things. Or reading and reacting. Or reading and reacting. Exactly. He needs to be at the snap. He's going someplace. Yeah. He knows where he's going with, before the snap of the ball. With authority. Right. Not not let's read and look, react. And you run. give him a running start, he's dangerous. He's really dangerous. <laughs> yes, he I, is. You know, I have yeah. no problem with that either. And it doesn't limit you. Mm-hmm. when opposing offenses know that he's coming at, from the second level because you don't know where he's going to come. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is he going to be doing a, a you know a twist? Is he going to be coming on the outside? Is he going to be coming up the middle? It's okay to know that he's coming when he's at the second level and not mm-hmm. dropping. That's okay. You know, just don't have him drop anymore. Just, right. just don't. Right. So those are the things, Vince, that I want to see from him. Uh more and that's a coaching thing i think they do need to to to, as coaches i don't think their scheme in the secondary is faulty i think they do a pretty good job of mixing things up i think they are still staying aggressive Uh, i think some things that i would like to see are more personnel i think they're in a little bit of a pickle right now when it comes to being able to do what they want to do with the personnel that they have and and i think that that's something they need they need to reconsider their third down package I think that's something that definitely needs to be rethought about who's in there. I don't think they ever will, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with they you. They not, but I'm just yeah. – I can't yeah. – I don't know what they're going to do. I'm telling you what they should do. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and they need to rethink how they have their secondary line because, yes, Cam Hart is thriving as a field corner, but that's also about when Clarence Lewis started struggling because he's not a boundary corner. He's got the body to be a boundary corner. He doesn't have the man cover skills. So if you're going to play him in the boundary – then you need to play more off man and let Foskey and let your will linebackers run to quick game if they need to get it, you know, and, and do things like that. Let JD Bertrand play. Cause if you play him off and JD can play more downhill in the alleys to take away the perimeter runs and take away the, the, you know, the quick throws and things like that. And then you can use Isaiah to kind of, you know, cause if your corners playing off and more of a cover three type of situation, and you run that tight end up the seam, he can squeeze down on that and, and play that. You can't do that in cover one because you're playing the outside guy, right? So I think those are some things where, where you, you know, you get a chance to really look at who you are, look at what you're doing, and say, okay, what are some tweaks that we can do? Because, look, I, I saw my, my man Kenny Moore you know, said t- defense as a whole for me is a C plus. I, I can't go there. I, I got to give him a B. They've made some mistakes, but here's the reality. Notre Dame, if it's not for the defense playing the way it's played, is is a three-and-three three football team right now. Maybe worse. It's the defense that put the Wisconsin game away. Let's not forget, Wisconsin had a yeah, lead in the fourth absolutely. quarter of that game. Yep. Special teams played a role, but the defense set up three scores in the second half. Three scores. So, you know, when I, when I look at it, I say that's been a big plus. If you look at the last five games – you know, so the first game of the year, they, they didn't play well. No one's arguing they have. But if you look at the last five games, the defense is giving up 18.8 points per game. Is that great? No. Is that top 25, top 30 play? Yeah, it is. And and so we, we need to see them be that group more and more and more. So right now, 18.8 would rank them 26th in the country, right behind Virginia Tech. 
Yeah. He's been a good scoring defense this year. Because I don't count two pick six, because they've had two pick sixes, right? They had the one against uh, this past weekend and then one against Toledo. Cone and Buckner each have right? one. They haven't given up any special team scores or any other anything like that, right? No, not okay. to my no, no. Now they've given up some short field scores because of the offense, but that's part of playing defense, right? That's, I mean, that's still on you. You're the one that was on the field when they got the score. Sure. So eighteen point eight points per game last five games. It's not bad. Can it be better? Yeah. Will they need to be better against better offenses? Sure. But this defense is the reason this team is five and one. You know, oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Notre Dame's had some really ugly wins this year. Some really ugly wins this year. Beat Toledo by three. You know, beat beat uh, Virginia Tech by three. Beat Florida State by three. You know, beat Purdue by fourteen in a game that was pretty close for most of the game. Beat Wisconsin by twenty eight. But let's be honest, they were down three to the begin at early in the fourth quarter. Right, that game was not a twenty eight point game, and the defense is the reason it became a twenty eight point game. This defense is playing good football. It can be better, and it needs to be better. And that's why I go B. I can't go higher than that. B, it's good. It's good. B is top 25. Yeah, absolutely. They need to be top 10. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Absolutely. So that's where I am overall. Vince, anything that you see that you think, say, hey, you know, this is one thing that I'm concerned about yeah, that for, they can change. Yeah. For me, it's it's uh, late half, late game defense. Um, they, they've gotten better at it. We, we're, we're not seeing the, the prevent three down kind of thing, right? Uh, they are still bringing pressure, but they're still not good enough in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, teams are going right down the field at the end of halves, at the end of games. And uh, you, you need – they're doing great other than that, in my opinion. You know, getting pressure on the quarterback, making plays, et cetera. They just need to continue with that philosophy at the end of halves and the end of games. Mm-hmm. They're, they're giving up way too much for me. Um, and it's not a talent issue. Um, mm-hmm. It's a scheme issue. And I don't like it. Uh, they they need to be. I don't know if it's they need to play more man so that the zone isn't opening up. You know, I, I don't know what they need to do. Uh, <laughs> if you want Brian to rant, just ask him about Xavier. But I don't. Tomorrow I don't go purple faced on on Friday. Uh, I don't go purple faced. But uh, but no, it's it's the end of half, end of games. If if they can clean that up, I think this is going to be a really good defense, like a really yeah. good defense. I think there are some things this staff can do to make it better. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'll tell you one thing that I've been pleased by ever since the first game has been the run defense. I mean, just like pure running game. There's been issues with contain in the past game. With mobile quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. But I mean, they gave up 127 yards rushing to uh, to to Cincin, or to excuse me, to um, Toledo. And the next three games, they held their opponents under 100 yards. And, and Virginia Tech went over uh, barely went over 100 in this past game. Uh, but it wasn't by it wasn't by much, and uh, and it was really by scrambles. I mean, that's right. that's where it was. It was by scrambles, and so when you look at Virginia Tech, even they didn't have over 100 rushing yards, like just rushing yards. So that part's been good. They have to just figure out some ways to limit the big plays. That's the biggest thing. And there are about three or four things that they can do personnel wise, scheme wise, and other ways that, in my opinion, can allow you to limit that effectiveness and limit those big plays. Cause if they just clean up the big plays, this defense starts bearing people. Yeah. That's no the question. No it's question. Just now they're going to start playing some offenses that re- can really rip off some big plays. And that's, that's the concern. So we're going to find out, but this unit is going to have to start helping. But here's the other thing too. The, the issue that the defense has had too, Vince is this defense is always playing high leverage situations Yeah, because their offense isn't doing what it yeah. needs to do. Exactly. Other than the third quarter again in the fourth quarter against Florida State, where that was on the defense. The next five games, the defenses were playing high leverage situations for 60 minutes. And that's and that you can only expect them to come through in high leverage situations so much. And I get right. that. That the right. rational side of me gets that, but the irrational side of me is like, hey, this unit's too yeah. good to be giving up points and giving up long fields and right. things like that. Right. And that and they've got to finish better in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's another thing. We saw it struggle early. We saw them give up that late score against Virginia Tech, where you had a penalty right. by Carl Hamilton. It was a questionable penalty, but they were still driving that thing. So that's another area where they're going to have to be better late in games. But I would love to be able to see what this team could do with a leader, a big lead early. Uh, I'm hoping we get to experience what that would be like. But I would really like to see Marcus Freeman be able to just unleash his defense on a on a wounded animal, essentially. And I'm hoping that we can find that out here when these next three home games. So. Uh, if it does, I think this group is going to really take off. And I'm excited to see it because – Me too. I, I, it's kind of like 
there's been a lot of um, it's like people like to get their shots in on Coach Freeman on the, in this situation, and I'm like, I don't think you realize how good this defense has been this year outside of the opener. This has been a pretty darn good defense, in my opinion. Is it elite? Heck no. No, definitely not. I give it a B. But there's been some stretches of some really outstanding football, and there's just some things that got to clean up, and he's still learning the personnel. That's the thing you have to remember is the Cincinnati defense he had last year, he recruited and coached every single kid on that defense. Exactly. For years. He knew exactly yeah. what they could do. He's still learning this group. And, and that's why I like about the bye week is if he's the coach I think he is – I'll give you an example. So I'm going to tell you something personal about Marcus Freeman. A lot of people don't know. So uh, there was a summer period during the summer where Kelly gave the coaches off and he should have. And I think coach Freeman like went to Ohio for a baseball game. But other than that, I reached out to him that week and, you know, I just say, you know, kind of jokingly, like, where are you going for vacation? One going anywhere. He was stayed there. He was in the office. He was at the house breaking down film and just, he's, you know, he's that, that's kind of how he is, right? He's just uh, always thinking about how can we get better. And so I, if he's the coach, I think he is, he's going to be spending a lot of time this week thinking about what can we do to get better? Self-scouting. Yeah. Where, where are we really good and how can we capitalize on that? Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I, that's kind of what I like about him. And I, and that's why I guess I'm more optimistic than I am about the offense that things are going to get fixed. Plus he's got good coaches around him. And that's the thing Tommy Reese does not have. I agree. uh, For the most part. So anyway, so I'm excited to see it. I think if both sides of the ball make the adjustments that we think they're going to make, that we think they're capable of making with the personnel they have, I think the second half of the season could be a lot of fun. No doubt. And so that's something I'm looking forward to. So, Vince, thank you for joining us today. That is Vince. I'm Brian. Uh, We are going to – we're going to get out here. Oh, here, let's see here. Uh, he had brought up Lou. Tommy Gunn says, as the great late Lou used to say, people only think big games are the games their name loses. Not sure how he to actually worded it. No, that's exactly what Lou would say. He's like, people only count as the big games for Notre Dame are the games and Notre Dame loses. Yeah, because somebody earlier said that, that you know, you need a new coach. You can't win any big games. Yeah. That's yeah. where that came um, from. I do think there is some merit to that. But, yes, that is the the comment that Lou said. Uh, that's one area where Lou and I actually disagreed a little bit. I said, because you can still – he 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 wasn't he was being hyperbolic, but you know so we had some conversations about that. But uh, yeah, there, there is a lot a lot to that. There's no question about it. So, all right, so that's that's it for today's show, Vince. We'll be back tomorrow. And, and what people don't know about tomorrow yet, Vince? Can I tell them? Can Please, I tell, can I tell them? Oh yeah, you can Vince, tell them. Vince won't be in school tomorrow, which Fall means break, he baby. doesn't have an hour limitation <laughs> on Friday free for all. So I'm super <laughs> excited about that. Uh, <sighs> So, so anyway, I, I really appreciate that. Any of the questions that people have, people are asking us questions over here about things that aren't necessarily related to this defense. Well, that's what tomorrow's for. So, two worker, I see your question. Bring that back tomorrow, right? Be with us tomorrow. We'll get that question answered. Anything else you want to know about Notre Dame, Notre Dame football, college football, recruiting, whatever the case may whatever. be. Whatever. It's open. It's a free-for-all. 1230, right? Make sure you're signing up for the message boards at irishbreakdown.com, boards.irishbreakdown.com. Make sure we make sure you check out the merch store. We got some new gear in there. Uh-oh. Got a couple. I got, got a new hoodie in there. Got a new blanket. My mom, actually, this is kind of sweet, Vince. I made it just for her. She's the only one on the planet that has it. Oh, the dogs have it. Her, so – it's a really big Irish breakdown blanket. Give me a second. This is awesome. And I will say my, my buddy Ed just got his hat in the mail. He sent me a picture of his IB hat. Looks like she took it. <laughs> she took it into the office, I think, with the dogs. But it's, oh, it's a really sweet blanket. It's like a throw blanket for your for your, um, for your your couch. But that really cool stuff on the, on the merch store. You'll find the link to that below. You'll find the link to the message board below. Come join us. We've got some great conversation going. And, uh, of course, make sure you give us a like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. If you're listening on via podcast, give us a five-star review. For Vince, I'm Brian. All of you have a great, great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow for Friday Free-For-All Mailbag, baby. Take care, everybody.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.